Hey there, this is Julie from Blended Life. Thank you for taking the time to download this episode of our podcast. I hope you find value in it. The truth is though, sometimes you need more than a podcast can offer to get unstuck and find peace in your blended family life. The struggle is real. So this is a personal journey I've been on for years, seeking peace in circumstances and with people I can't control. Becoming Heard was born out of this quest. As a certified life and health coach, I am passionate about helping others just like you and me free themselves from chronic upset and chronic crisis mode. Right now, I'm offering Blended Life listeners a one-on-one free breakthrough session with me. This call will give you clarity to see if coaching is right for you. Take advantage of this opportunity now by emailing me at becomingheardnow at gmail.com. I can't wait to connect with you. Hey everyone, I'm Eric. This is my wife, Julie, and we are The Blended Life. Hey you guys. So today we're talking about ways you can support your spouse in your blended family marriage. It's a good one. Stay tuned. Welcome back. So today... Today we're talking about how you can support your significant other in your blended family relationship, marriage, team, you know, partnership that you are creating together. And I think the reason we feel like we're not a team is because there's a lack of support because we are at such odds about how to handle pretty much every situation in our blended family. Would you agree? Yeah. Or what are your thoughts? Uh, well, yeah, it's it's a very complicated dynamic always, you know, and the dynamics are always changing. So, I mean, there's there's constantly complications. Yeah, and there's so many cooks in the kitchen, right? It's not just you and your spouse. It's you and your spouse, your spouse's ex, their new spouse, you know, your ex, their new spouse, your kids, their kids, it, your parents, it's their those, parents. It's, it's like one, everyone. Yeah, it's one of those whether we like it or not situations, you know, too, because you think about this and going into this and you're like, I'm just going to, I'm going to rule the roost. Like I'm going to, I'm going to handle this and this is going to be <laughs> my situation. Yes. And you know what I mean? So and, you go into this thinking you have a say. Yeah. Like no. you go into this thinking that. Psych. I have, I'm going to have power and I'm going to have control and I'm going to be important and I'm going to have a say and then wah, wah, wah. life kicks in. But yeah. you know what? You can change that though. That doesn't have to always be your reality. It's one of those things that um, you can get control of right away and realize your situation and who you are and what your role is and what the other people's roles are. And it's not necessarily going to change them on the outlook or the way that they treat you. Mm-hmm. But over time, it can. Over time, I feel like it can be one of those things that actually does play into how you help shape and develop your role in your family. And that's kind of something you do as a blended family health and life coach is help people realize their roles 
and what it looks like and to be them and the best them and the way to show up and shape everyone else around them. So that's yeah, I do that. I do do. You do do. (laughs) (laughs) I do that. And I think what's really cool about what we're going to talk about today about supporting your spouse is really, you know, I help my clients realize what their power actually is in their family. And then we, and so I'll just share with you what your power is. And this is the same for everyone. Your real power is in how you show up. Because when you change, when you show up differently, your relationships and your family and beyond are forced to shift with your kids, with your stepkids, with your spouse, with your co-parent, it doesn't really matter who the relationship is with. And so when you realize that's your power, right, you don't have the power to change other people. I think we we get that, but we don't really, we get that in our head, but we don't really get that in our hearts. There's a big disconnect. We have such hope that we're going to enter a relationship and things are going to change. We, you know, and that's not even with your spouse. It could be with your stepkids, right? Like things might be not so great now, but I'm really hopeful they'll change and things will change, but we're always giving away our power when we we do that. Well, we're depending on other people. We are hoping other people are going to step up for the, for the better good of us and for our selfish wants and needs, you know, and they might step up for our whole family and us at times. Mm -hmm. But at the end of the day, us human beings have self-interest built in, which is... (laughs) Well, and yeah, and you're forever going to be disappointed. Right. Like you're setting yourself up for disappointment. If your hope in your future lies in other people... Changing. I'll be happy when... I'll be happy when my spouse does this or my stepkids respect me or my co-parent values me or... My children, you know, show up for me the way I need them. But to if you're love doing me. nothing to promote that, well, it doesn't even matter. If your happiness is dependent on other people, then that's why you and I, this is something I talk about in a breakthrough session. So if you're interested in having a free breakthrough session with me, um, as a, and see if life coaching might be something you're interested in reach out. You can email me at becomingheardnow at gmail.com. That's becomingheardnow at gmail.com. And I can give you more information and we can set that up. But something we will discuss in a breakthrough session is when you're reliant on other people for your happiness, that is why we live anxious, right? Because your happiness is dependent on something that you may or may not be able to count on. And that creates anxiety. You know, if your emotion, if your stability and your, if you're not able to be content unless somebody else does something for you, then you are going to live an anxious, anxious life. And so it's like, how do we close that gap? And what I love about what we're talking about today, about supporting your spouse, it's something you can do to get what you want. And I think what we ultimately want is to be heard, to be respected, to be understood. We want to have our opinions and our thoughts received. But we can't do that because walls are up in our marriage sometimes. You know, if you're talking to your spouse and their walls are up, 
they're not able to receive anything you're you could it's like shouting at the rain you, <laughs> you know? ever tried that yes have you no it doesn't work oh but my point is it's like how can we bring each other's walls down so we can be open to receiving what the other person wants to say because if you want to be heard and your spouse's walls are up you're never gonna be heard so what can you do to help bring down your spouse's walls so they can receive what you have to say? Because it could be really wonderful. You know, what you have to say could actually be helpful. And maybe if it's not helpful, it's certainly going to make you feel known and loved to be able to have your spouse receive you. Does that make sense? Makes perfect sense. Okay. Does it? Yeah, I keep You're playing your walls back. up no, right now. You're back, just like, looking at me. Like, like Ron, Ronald crazy. Reagan telling Gorbachev to tear down this wall. <laughs> like, do you have this? Is this the enlightening talk that you have with your spouse and tell him to tear down this wall? No. No. You don't talk about this with your spouse. You don't? You've just taken power and action okay. to bring down their walls. So, so this is really cool yeah. because we're not, I'm not, in my coaching programs, it doesn't matter which program you sign up for. Session two is always about communication and a new way to communicate. And so I'm, I'm, I'm going to keep that for my clients and save that for them. But this is sort of something that could go along with it as a bonus that you just do it and you're more than likely going to soften hearts, bring down walls, have a more willing and open significant other or stepchild or child or co-parent. Really, you could apply this, what we're going to talk about, to any relationship in your life. But we're, for our purposes, are going to talk about your spouse or your significant other in your blended family. So why is it important? Like, I want to hear what you have to say, too. Like, you know, why, why do you think it's important for your significant other or spouse to feel supported in your blended family well because you're a team and if your teammates don't feel like their other teammates stepping up then there's a huge disconnect there then it's almost it's almost it almost feels like a betrayal more so than anything else like if you're not connected with your next door neighbor you know bob and i aren't connected um it's not that big of a deal. It's like, eh, we just don't really talk. We don't really get each other. We don't really see eye to eye, but it doesn't matter. He's your neighbor. You know, we'll wave to each other. We're cordial with one another. Not that big of a deal. But when it's your spouse or your partner and you don't quite get along with them, it feels more of a betrayal because this is the person who you have dedicated your life to. They've dedicated their life to you. And it just feels like a betrayal. It's like, man, we're supposed to be on the same team and they're helping everyone else. And they are, they're scanning over me. They're missing me. They're not seeing me. They're not hearing me. And at the end of the day, we just don't really hear or see one another. And that disconnect feels so much greater than your next door neighbor. You know, it's someone that you're supposed to count on and be a team with. And then you also start seeing all these other teams around, you know, you see these other, these other marriages and these other relationships happening and you're watching on social media and you're watching on TV and all these 
perfect, happy couples with their white picket fences just have it so good. It's because they're getting along, at least on the outside, they're getting along. They're being a team. They're doing things together. They're enjoying life together. And then you're sitting here like, man, I'm all alone. This is a really dark place. I feel alone. Mm. No one hears me. No one sees me. No one understands what I'm going through. Why me? No, that's, that is something when I, when people write into us and we talk to other blended family people and, and my clients, it's a very common thing to feel alone in your marriage. And I don't think, I think that goes beyond blended families, right? If you're married, you might feel at times alone. There's so many people shaking their heads yes right now. Yes, I feel alone. You know, I mean, you've even said to me and I have, we have both felt that we are single parents to our kids in our home. Yeah. And that we are just commingling, that we are... Like roommates. We're all roommates. But we're not... And that's something that also can make you feel super alone in your marriage. It's like, that. that how do you reconcile that? Like, we took vows, we're a family, we're living together, and yet we feel alone, we feel like single parents. And Eric and I have definitely dealt with this. And it's something that we have to continuously work on or we fall into that feeling like that is the feeling that is easy to allow into your life because it takes intentionality and it takes work to support your spouse it's like it's a call to action supporting your spouse doesn't just magically happen because you want it to it's intentional well once we get to that place too it's a very hard place unless you know steps to get out of it's a very hard place to crawl out of because it almost becomes a place of depression a place of hopelessness of hopelessness and um what's the opposite of self-worth you know you're just you're down my spouse on, doesn't value me yeah yeah and and you but then you start to look at yourself like mm-hmm. is it me like what have I done what am I not worth it? Why don't they look at me? Why don't they hear me? Why don't they discuss things with me? All the what ifs. And it starts to it starts to eat away at yourself. And then, you know, is it is it the way I look? Is it, you know, what are what are all the things, you know? It why me? What am I doing wrong? And it turns into a place of self-pity, which at the end of the day, it's probably not at all. Your spouse probably loves you. Your spouse probably honors you. Your spouse is probably so caught up in life that mm-hmm. they have no idea that they are even doing this. You know, there, it could be a situation at work. It could be a situation with one of the kids, you know, or one of the parents, you know, maybe maybe there's an illness in the family, you know. There's there's so many what-ifs, you know, and, and things and variables that can play into this. And if we lose that element of communication, this is all so easy to seep in. But once that element of communication comes out and you know how to talk about it, it can become such a greater thing and actually bring you even closer to work on all of these situations that are keeping you separated, turn them into a team, you know, and and help you build on this and work with one another to create something better. Yeah. And something that sparked when you said we're, we're talking was that like it or not, your spouse needs attention. So you could have a million and 20 things going on in your life. And 
you know, we get really busy in our lives with our jobs and with our kids and with our co-parent. Like, there are so many things happening. And we're, you know, we go to church. We are involved in that. You know, there's sports. There's activities. And in our family, we don't really have shared hobbies. So if everyone's doing a hobby, that means we're all doing different things. And so that's that's a reality. And hear this. And your spouse and your marriage requires attention because when you go down the rabbit hole of like Eric was talking about that what did I do wrong what's wrong with me is it my looks is it because I'm not showing up in a certain way is are they interested are they mad at me or you know it, you turn yourself into the victim and that's a really dangerous place victimhood because then that's how you show up in your family as a victim And you tell me what kind of leader that is for your children or for your marriage. And it can get so hopeless where you only feel you're only, I mean, people are going to listen to this and raise their hand right now. It gets so isolating and victimhood gets so depressing and hard and you feel so alone that you truly believe your only way out is divorce or to leave the relationship like it can get that bad and this is a huge reason why blended families married couples have a 70 percent divorce rate well and then it gets so bad that when you meet with your friends or your parents you know or someone maybe a maybe a coworker that you confide in you know i'm not even talking opposite sex i'm talking about your girlfriend's your guy friends, your, your boyfriends, parents, your boyfriends, <laughs> your um, girlfriends, your boyfriends, you know, your man you, friends. The way that you <laughs> that you talk about your spouse and the way that you talk about your relationship, and if it's always negative and it's always down, and you are coming from a place of victimhood, um, or maybe you're not. Maybe you're just like, this is how they treat Fuck me. Fuck them. This, they're uh, the problem. Well, there we are. Oh, sorry. I was trying to make a point, and you're dropping f bombs on my point. Okay, Russia. <laughs> Too soon. Okay. Calm um, down. It just it it sets you up for such such a bad outlook of what other people see on your relationship. It sets you up for everyone else to put their opinions in. And what that does is usually if your opinion's negative about your relationship and what is going on and that place of victimhood other people are going to buy into it and they are going to talk down. There's very little friends and you guys know if you have these friends that are going to, that are going to help you change your mind that are going to help you go, you know what though? Look at all that he's doing for you. Look at all that she's doing for you. And maybe not you individually, but look what they're doing for your family. Look at what's going on. And they're going to try to get you out of the slump. That's a friend I try to be because a lot of people don't look at it like that. So if you can help people see it from a, brighter point of view or a different change of mind we don't have enough friends like this we we aren't friends enough like this like we need Mm -hmm. to be better at bringing our friends and people around us lifting them up when they're down not helping them talk about what's going on in their life that's bringing them down and talking them down you know yeah because you're reinforcing their hopelessness, you're reinforcing their victimhood, you're reinforcing how bad things are, and there's only so much a person can take. Then they break. And then they break. Yeah. 
And so even, you know, it's one thing to vent and get it out. It's another thing to vent and vent. And I've been guilty of this. Like you just vent and vent and vent and vent and vent and vent. And then you become Einstein. And then you invent. Oh, invent. I thought. Uh, but what I want to say about that is the more negative talk you put out there, it kind of reinforces your beliefs too. Like it, it makes you believe it even more. It gets you even more worked up. You know, it it makes you be more upset and more divisive. Well, it makes you go down different. That rabbit hole keeps going and you keep thinking about it. That's where your attention goes. Yeah, and you start talking about it and you're like, well, yeah, you start you start to invent. You start to go all Einstein on this and you start to invent little things mm. that are hy- hypothetical. And it's like, well, this isn't really the situation, but I'm going to talk about it. Yeah. And it kind of makes sense. So we're going to run with this a little bit. And yeah. Then, yeah. Right. And so we're, so this is a coaching thing, right? Where your attention goes, your energy flows. So if your attention's on the negative and what's bad and what's wrong, that's where your energy is going to be put. And then you get more of the same because you're, you're just proving yourself right. And then you have other people who love you and want you to, Ride or die, you're right, you know? Um, and so it's a dangerous cycle. But let's let's come back to what, you know, how to support your spouse and why it's important. And something that I really want everyone to hear, so if you haven't, if you kind of been tuning out while we're talking, tune back in, come back. <laughs> why? While, you're, while you're tuning back in, give the video a thumbs up and a like and a subscribe. <laughs> Thanks. <I'm laughs> that, was not... my, that was my shameless plug. Sorry. I like it. Yes. So start back. Listen to this. It's important for you to make your spouse, to support your spouse, actively support your spouse. Because what that does, when you have a, when you feel supported, your walls are down. You are able to receive things. You are open, right? You're more willing to be a team player. You're more willing to compromise. You feel connected more when you have when you're feeling supported by your spouse. And really it's a place where you can have unity. I mean, imagine right now if you felt so supported in your marriage that you married someone who supports you. It doesn't mean agree with you all that time. It doesn't mean that they're perfect and don't make mistakes. But you feel truly supported. You feel heard. You feel like they have your best interest at heart. They give you attention and space if needed. They hear you in a way that makes them want to change things that they can change to do things that make you feel loved. Right? They're not on their own team. They're on your team. And you, in turn, are on their team. And just imagine what your marriage would look like if you both spouses in it, you and your significant other, felt truly supported. You tell me, is that a place of connection and openness? Or is that a place of disconnect and distrust? You're more trusting when you feel supported, right? There's more intimacy, and a lot more willingness for everything. So this is really how you can start shifting things in your marriage is just by showing up in support. And we're going to talk about how you do that. But before that. Dun, dun, dun. I have no idea what's coming. 
Well, I want to talk about the dangers of being in a relationship where you're not willing to do this. Where, listen, unsupported spouses are hurt spouses. And what do we know about hurt people? They hurt people. And so if you are refusing or you're not stepping up, if you are not supporting your spouse, you are opening yourself up to get hurt and disappointed, but to hurt your spouse, and then they will react accordingly. Well, I, I feel like that's not always the case. I feel like, yeah, hurt people hurt people, but and I also, well, it's not sometimes, a it, they, that is not always. There's some people that are hurt people, and they also become, very, what we were talking about a minute ago, they become victims because they are hurt, but they don't have it in them to hurt people. So that's what happens when hurt people then are victimized so much that they then go looking for someone to fix them oh. or help them or you know what I mean? It's not. So, so yes, hurt people can hurt other people. And that's usually a, that's a very the big end case. game though, isn't it? Because this is another danger. I'm so glad you said that because yes, if you are unwilling to support your spouse, Someone else will, or at least, it's or need. at least they think someone else will be mm-hmm. for the time. And usually, someone that is supporting or helping another hurt spouse along the way usually doesn't have the best interest of everyone or yep. or that family. They're not the bigger picture isn't there. So there's a lot of times, and you got, you and I have talked about this a lot. Is a lot of times. People will get into other relationships because of this, and this is where affairs happen, and people go out looking for other. Yes, so ultimately, hurt people hurt people because if you are going out and you're getting your need met, right, this is something we need. We all need to feel support, and if you're not getting it at home, that's not sustainable forever, right? It's There's different, like, you know, there are times where it's not going to be perfect, but like 10 years of this, 20, 30 years of this, That's I don't know if it's someone. sustainable. So you're going to go get your needs met. And if that's found in someone else and your relationship is broken, well, now you've hurt your spouse and your whole family. 30 years from now. Hey. Yeah. Um, and you are because if you isolation also in marriage, when you feel alone in your marriage, that's not sustainable forever. Because then it's like, seriously, why am <laughs> I married? Po- what what's is the, the point? point of, yeah. And so, gosh, you guys, step up and support your spouse. Or someone else will. And here's the other thing, too, is once that goes into effect, you know, or you've you've been there, you know, maybe it, we've, we've heard a lot of people get into relationships. Uh, we've heard it over the years, and they got into their relationship through an affair, and then they're surprised when that person who they had an affair with or had an affair with them has an affair with someone else. And it's like, well, (laughs) that's how this all happened in the first place. Anyways, they cheated on their spouse with you and you thought you were going to live happily ever after. And now they're cheating with someone else. Like they, okay, they got bored of their first person and went to you and now they're bored of you and went to someone else. So it's a very, it's a very scary place to get into. You know, it's a place that you don't want to let happen and you don't want to happen to you. Like, you don't want to be the one doing this to someone else. So get control. If this is you right now and you're like, man, I feel this. I feel alone. I feel unheard. I feel isolated. I feel victimized. All, all the feels. If you feel all of this, 
and you feel like, man, I just want to walk away. I'm in this alone. Like this is a time really to dig deep in yourself and be like, do I want to start over? Do I want to do this again? Or do I want help? Do I want to figure this out? Because I truly love my spouse. I really want to be with them. I, I don't want to go find another one. I want this one. Because the grass isn't greener. The grass is never greener. It's just a new set of problems. It is. But it's also, not only is it a new set of problems, but it's more sets of problems because this is now going to become another set of problems. Yeah, you take this with you to yes. the next relationship. It doesn't, just, it doesn't mm-hmm. just dissolve. So if that's you and you need to get a hold of this, and I know this is starting to sound like an infomercial because it, this is just so much stuff that you're able to work on with people. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I'm like, this is the time to give Julie an email, a text, a call, and... Yeah, I would love, I mean, this is my calling in life. This is my purpose in life. So I'm not even sorry we talk about it multiple times. Reach out, get help. Well, the the thing is it helps so many people. I'm the one that has to read all your reviews, and then I send them on to you after I read them. Uh But all the reviews are just like, this is incredible. This has helped so much. Yeah. I've never never heard or seen anything that's like a bad review or had someone. Yeah, I've never, I've never worked with a client that ended in the same place they started. It's impossible. Like if, if you truly want it and you do the work, you don't end up in the same place that you started. One thing I really want to talk about that you, a really great point that you made was, you know, when you are, oftentimes when we are victimized, when we feel like the victim and we're isolated and alone, we're waiting for the other person to do something to pull us out right? We aren't so inclined because it's hard. We feel wronged. We feel hurt. We feel like we're the ones that have, you know, the, the short end of the stick. Why do I have to be the one? Well, that mindset will just keep you stuck. Why do I have to be the one? Keeps you stuck. More empowering is what can I do to shift things? So even when you don't feel like it, even when you're like, I'm the one that's hurting, I'm the one that's wronged, I'm the one that feels unseen and unheard, it is from that place when you can start implementing what we're going to talk about in supporting your spouse that can shift things for yourself. Because I will tell you, if you're going to wait for somebody else, you could be waiting a very long time. You'll be very hurt, very disappointed. And And chances are your spouse is also, if you're in that place of feeling unheard and disappointed and like my relationship, I feel alone in it. I'm like 99% sure your spouse probably would say the same. They're probably feeling the same or a version of the same thing. And now you're both waiting for the other person to step up. That's where exactly. kids come in. <laughs> Just kidding. No, but right? <laughs> right, like, yeah. Then you're, somebody's got to. And how bad do you want it? That's your choice. You have a choice. You can keep waiting forever for your spouse to do that, and good luck to you. Well, or what about, you can make a change. Well, what about these people that are like, it's not my it, – it's it's my spouse that's doing it. I, it's not my <laughs> – it's not my – issue it's Uh, them it's them they're not stepping up mm, they're not right yeah if you are part of a problem you are part of a problem you are so here's (laughs) like you know marriages don't fall apart for one person's fault you know usually even affairs if you looked back and you could reflect and take the emotion out of it 
you could see, hmm, I probably could have done this differently. Or we all play a role in the life we experience. Life just doesn't happen to us. We do not walk around just victims of circumstance. That's what we tell ourselves, but that's not true. We make choices and we have attitudes and behaviors and habits that affect our reality. And so for anyone to sit there and be like, he's just, it's all his fault. It's all her fault. I've done nothing. They've done everything would be remiss and actually is very disempowering. When it's all their fault, that means you have no power, right? It's all their fault means you are at the mercy of someone else and you are powerless and that's a very disempowered, draining way to live at the mercy of someone else. So I don't buy it. I call bullshit. Think how young we start having our own power. I'm like sitting here as you're talking about this, trying to think like, when do we start having our own power? And I'm not talking about like legal power at 18 years old and now we're free. I'm talking about when we start making choices that have consequences. And I can't think back that young to myself, but I'm thinking like to my son, like he was in preschool and probably even before making choices that had consequences. And, and they're not life-changing choices like, like you and I are doing today, but they're little choices. You know, he decided to bite his sister. That had a consequence. He decided to, you know, th- throw a tantrum and throw his dinner on the floor. That had a consequence. Little things like that. So as we get older, our actions usually become bigger and our consequences become bigger. You're not going to see a two-year-old usually in 99.9999% of cases, do something that's going to land a two-year-old in jail. You know yeah. what I mean? I'm sure there's been one case in the history of something, you know, someone's going to be like, oh, well, this happened once. It's not a normal reality, you know? But as we get older, our consequences have much bigger, our, our, our actions have much bigger consequences. So, you know, in this case, you know, it's like, well, we have all these consequences and all these things happening to us, but why? Like, it's got, we are always a part of it, uh-huh. whether we like it or not. This yep. isn't, like you just said, life isn't just happening to us. There are things that are happening that um, maybe we're not, maybe we're not doing, asking for these to happen to us, but maybe we're not doing something, which is the result of why this is happening to us. Yeah. I mean, I promise you, your choices got you where you are right now. Good, bad, and different. Your choices, your decisions got you (laughs) to where you are. And sometimes life happens. Sometimes things around you happen, you know, illnesses and, um, you know, situations. But ultimately, to getting into a place of where we are in our happiness and our lives, our marriages, our relationships, like it has to be something that yeah. we have decided that got us here. And truly, like I want you to think about it. If it's if it's all, all, and that's I'm saying all, which is never, I don't believe that's true. But if it's all somebody else's fault, then there's nothing you can do about it. No, and that's not true. nothing you can do about it, if it's all someone's fault and you have no power, right? You're just a, veer, a mere victim of circumstance and it's all somebody else's fault then 
That's a really sad way to live. But that can't be because you it's always have you always have that's right an option it's not true right it's, it can't be true <laughs> it's not you know? I mean, so be careful when you start that mindset because that's a lie you're lying to yourself that's right and so let's talk about how you can support your spouse and your blended family so one thing i want to offer up straight away is that it may look different because one of you guys is going to be a bio parent. One of you guys is going to be a step parent to your kids. You know, or, and I, I think what we have to do is if you're not a step parent, or if you're not a step parent because you only have kids of your own, or vice versa, you're not a bio parent, you're just a step parent because you don't have kids of your own, it may seem like this is a hard ask. Right, it's really hard to ha- know how to support my spouse in their role, and so you need to start considering the role you're supporting, and that might be hard if you're not experiencing being a bio parent and you're not experiencing being a step parent. But you can certainly try to. So the first way you can support your significant other and their role is try to put yourself in their shoes. Try to say, hey, if this were me and I had to deal with this, what would I want? What would I want? What what would be hard? You know, when we start considering our spouse for who they are and their role and their circumstance, which is different than yours, right? It's not the same. They have a very different experience in the blended family than you do. So understand that. And then kind of, right, like try to put your yourself in their shoes a little bit to try to bring some compassion and understanding to the table. And that's something you can always do to try to, to help to help start the process of like, how can I support my spouse? Right. Yeah. Yeah. There's always something that you can do. There's always a path that you can do to make a change. And a lot of times when we get into this mentality of just – like I said, it's like a depression. When we get to that place, it's like there's nothing I can do. The world is out of control, and I have no way of fixing this. It has to be someone else. Something has to give. You hear that quite often. Something's just got to give, you know? And Usually it's the marriage if it's not. Well, yeah, but if we think about it that way or something's got to give, like, all right, let's figure out what we can do to give. What can we do to change our situation? Mm-hmm. What can we do to make our situation better? And if you approach it from that, what can I do to make this better? Because a lot of people are like, what can I do to stop this, to end it, mm-hmm. to, to get rid of the hurt, get rid of the pain? Mm-hmm. And a lot of times when you go down that lane and you're like, what can I do? How can I get rid of this? Usually that's going to create more pain. But right. if you But if you approach it from what can I do to make the situation better? What can I do? better yeah well and this is really good because one of the first things I wrote down was one way you can support your spouse or your significant other is listen without trying to criticize or fix because you might not be able to do anything right but a really great way and you could consider this for yourself Would I feel supported if I had a spouse who would just listen to me 
and hear me out without trying to fix me or the situation because I don't feel like they can or without criticizing me. Like that doesn't feel good. When you enter a conversation and you're met with criticism, it feels like an unsafe conversation. Now your spouse isn't a safe person anymore because who wants to sit there and be criticized? So, and I know that tough love is part of marriage and so there's a place for that. But if your significant other just needs to talk about something they're struggling with or something that's going on, hear them out without judgment, without criticism, without trying to fix it. And if you do have something to offer up, ask permission. Ask if they want to know. Because if they don't want to know, then it's wasted breath. And then you're just going to be mad that they didn't take your advice, right? How many of you can relate to that? Um, I'm so pissed because I gave great advice and my spouse dismissed it. They may have not have been in a they may have not been in a place to receive it. Their walls are up, they're emotionally exhausted, or they just don't want to hear it right then. Now's not the right time. So it's always really a nice thing to do to check in and say, oh, I hear what you're saying. I have something that could be helpful. Is now a good time? Do you want to hear it? And don't be offended if they say no. It's not about you. It's about them. It's about them not having space to hear any more input because they have enough input in their head. So don't take that personally, but respect it. And then if it's something you just have to tell them, Revisit it maybe a different time. Or write it down. <laughs> Slip it under the door. <laughs> Email it to the them. Toilet. Text it. Yeah. I don't know. I just, I think it's, we we think that we just should have access. But sometimes we have to respect our our partner for where they're at. Well, sometimes those walls get built up so big too and so high that you don't know how to breach them. You don't know how to climb over them and, so and get to them. Well, ask, or you can just start off with just the the sweet things in life. Like, for instance, like sometimes you'll you'll just go to the donut shop and you'll bring donuts home and you'll just leave them on the on the counter for me with a little love letter, and it's and it's a sweet thing, and it's like, oh, she's thinking of me, you know. Um, sometimes husbands will run out and run all around town and try to find candy that their wives want, and have to go to four <laughs> different stores. Because it's just the nice thing to do. It's something that li- that says, look, I'm thinking of you. I'm willing to mm. go out on a, li- not a limb, but I'm willing to go above and beyond just because I'm thinking of you. And it's not really like, not even that big of a, of a deal. It's not that big of a thing, but it reinforces like, look, I'm just thinking of you. And I thought it'd be something sweet that would put a smile on your face. Yeah. And just the little things that can, that you know that your spouse enjoys that, that you did a, when you were dating. Yeah, that can put a <laughs> smile on their face, you know. But the what, the reason I even think about the donut thing because you did this the other day, and we weren't like we weren't in a bad place, uh, you know. That morning waking up, we were all, everything was good. But you got them, and it's like it put a smile on my face, and it made me think like, well, what can I do to put a smile on her face? You know, you inspire. It's it inspires. inspires. So we go to dinner that night. We hang out. You know what I mean? It it really. What else? It, and we watched a movie. And it just, it, it sparks. <laughs> Look at his face is so I'm cute not right saying now. It. They only see the side of my face. <laughs> it just, it's, it sparks inspiration. Like you just yeah. said, it, it creates. An intimacy, right? Like an you want to connect. But it, yeah, but a sense of like, 
not appreciation, but they're thinking of me. They love me. They're doing something fun or nice for me. And it brings walls down, which makes you more open. That's it. Just a little bit. And it's just, it's an easy thing that we can all do. We all know our spouses or our partners favorite candy or treat or dinner or I mean or Or, or like like I you know write a little note it doesn't have to be a long letter but how cool would it be to wake up and you had a little note next to your bed or on the mirror in the bathroom or you know on your car windshield love you here's a tricky one if you guys have a bathroom that steams up oh steam when if you get up before your spouse or something you could steam up your bathroom really good and then you can write a note on the mirror, and then once it cools down, it goes away. Who's got to clean it? No, but look at then when your spouse gets in the shower or a bath or whatever they're doing. If that steams back up, that uh, note reappears. So uh, that's a little, it's a little fun fact. You're so crafty. I'm so crafty. Okay, another thing you can do to show support, show support for your spouse, or make your spouse feel supported, you know, is to under. Well, I st- I. Don't take it personally. I said this earlier, but I think it repeats. It it repeats. It bears repeating. There we go. You know, don't take everything so personally. Don't make everything about you. And when you're in a victim mindset, this is really hard because now everything's already about you. You're wronged. You're questioning everything. And so when you can just, and this is how you can show respect as well. When you can take things not personally and, and keep it about your spouse, you can meet them where they're at and not be offended. It's a much superior way to show up for them in strength and in team, you know, as a, as a partner and a teammate because they can connect and trust that you're not making it about you, that you're meeting them where they're at. And to piggyback that, ask them what they need. So you're making it about them again, right? Don't assume you know what your spouse needs. Don't assume you know what's wrong with them. Don't assume that you have the answers, right? Like, Not if you haven't discussed it. This is something that if you want to know how to support your spouse, you should be having this conversation tonight. What do you need in this relationship to feel supported? What would make you feel like you had a teammate in this marriage? a co-parent in this home, a partner in life, a best friend. What does that look like? How do, how do I show up to, to support you in a way that makes you feel loved and heard and seen? Ask these questions. You don't know. And I can tell you it'll change in seasons of life. What worked 10 years ago probably isn't going to work now because your season of life has shifted. What your significant other needed when the kids were little is going to look different than what they need when the kids are in middle school and high school and college and beyond, or when they're in their career and when they're retired. So this is always changing. It's always really a great idea to check in and see what they need. And that makes them feel like, hey, it is about me too. Well, and be listening and paying attention. Be doing the exact same thing to them that you want them to be doing to you. If you are... If, if there's something lacking that your spouse is doing to you, for you, about you, anything that you are like, they are falling short there, look at that and then take a look, use it as a mirror. Take a look at yourself and be like, but am I doing this to fulfill this for them? And maybe 
we need to lead by example. Maybe they don't know that this is a need because they have not had this. They have not experienced or or felt this need and realized that. But if we are the first ones to realize that this is a need that needs to be met because that's the way we need to, then we need to lead by example. We need to be like, you know what? I'm going to be the one to do this then because this is a need that I need met. So I'm going to do this for them, you know, and it just, and it shows and it, and it, it turns it into a teamwork partnership. Yeah. And I think too, you need to give, so this is something I think would make anyone feel supported. And this is going to be weird, counterintuitive, but hear me out. So I think you need to give them space. I think bio parents need space and I mean space without punishment, okay? They need space to be able to connect with their kids and do things with their kids and feel like they're not having to take sides. One of the best things you can do to make your bio parent in, the, in your marriage feel supported is not put them in a position to choose between you and their kids, not punish them for spending time with their kids or needing to pour into their kids, and giving them space to be the bio parent. And for step parents, I think a way that you can give the step parent in your home space, step parents need a break. They aren't your kids. Or their your kids aren't their kids. So they may not be connected or have that it's different. So I think get Understanding and respecting that the step parent in the home could use space to recharge. You know, they might need to go get a massage, go have a spa day. Maybe they just need to be away from the house by themselves and go on a walk on a beach somewhere or, 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 or a hike. A, or if it's husbands, you know, and, and we're like, we know that you need to go get your pedicure, your manicure, or go have lunch with a girlfriend, you know. It's, it's the little things that... You know, I mean, maybe maybe your wife's into riding dirt bikes and she just needs to go off for a ride. Or maybe she you just need needs a quiet place to go read a book. And he, not that's what I'm saying. Know, yeah. know your spouse well enough to realize they might just need time to go do what it is that they do. Yeah. They look, might need to go to the gym for, you know, an hour and just blow yeah. off some steam and cool down and just have some them time, you know. And right. That just every so often, and I don't feel like that's a lot to ask. No, and you get a, a better spouse out of it, right? If you have a right. spouse showing up recharged and refreshed and, you know, that they, they're able to, they're more able to show up better for the family and for you. So I think giving space is a huge well, and support, way. And supporting when, when not <clears throat> giving punishing, space. Right? Not punishing, right? So a lot of, <laughs> it's not me, I'm not the big sports watching guy, but a lot of a lot of guys out there like to go watch a game and go hang with the buddies. And, I want to go watch you, baseball. Can <laughs> stop, we go watch dude. baseball? Stop, dude. Woo, woo, woo. <laughs> um, uh, Baseball's back, babies. We just went to your camera for that. Go Dodgers. All right. So let, oh, there goes half your listeners. Um, <laughs> hey, if you love baseball, I don't care what team you root for. Have your team. Doesn't offend me. Okay. It's I don't even remember me, what my point was you. now, but just let. Yeah. If you have like, if you have a husband who really likes sports and they want to go watch an all day game, that's where you were talking. And then I was like, but my point you. was to not, not to punish them, not to be like, well, fine, go watch the game. You need this. I'm just going to sit here and pout about it or be angry about it or talk about it when you come home and make little jabs. Like, or no, you let them. <laughs> tit for tat. 
Yeah. He was gone, so then I'm going to go be gone. I see which that is a all lot. right. Which is all right, well, but, but don't the, do it in that manner. It's Just not be the, like, the spirit of it. Yeah. Yeah. Like, be like, all right, I realize, like, you need mm-hmm. to go do this. Like, go do this. Go have a good time with the guys. You know, let's let's meet back. What time are we going to be home? And let's do something later. You know, always have like an end time. Like, what time are we going to get back together? And it might be two hours from now. It might be twelve hours from now. But you know, okay, mm-hmm. I'll see you back at around this time. And I think you and I are really good at that. We give you're such a planner. I give you times approximately. And if I just don't know, I'm like, listen, it's going to probably get over at eight o'clock and I have no idea what time I'll be home. I will let you know that up front. Like I have no idea what time, but usually it's like, well, I'll probably be home by like five, five thirty, you know, and then we're both on the same page. Like, okay. You know, communication. It's I think really I've said important. that before. Have I mentioned communication? Uh, ever? Every episode. Okay. Um, I'm re- ready for me to piss off half our listeners. The other half? Good. The other half. Okay, bye. Thank you guys for being <laughs> with us. We have to talk about a lot more still. I know. Oh, I'm just telling everyone thank you. I've appreciated them up to this point. <laughs> if you're I'm no a- longer with us after this, like, it was good knowing you guys. <laughs> I mean, we appreciate you. All right. If you're a step-parent. Bye. <laughs> How you can support your bio-parent spouse in the marriage is get off the ex drama. This is going to piss people off. You think? How can you support your spouse's relationship and co-parenting with their ex? Oh, yes. Everybody I don't know if that know, pisses um, people off. I think a lot of people, I think it. This is the one. It's all them. There are you don't I think understand. It har- I think it hardens a lot of people. I think a lot of people are like, oof. I don't know. Like I just I can't get behind them because yep. that person is terrible. Or they're like, they're very judgmental. Here's the problem: they're very judgmental of how their spouse handles their ex. They talk to them too much. They talk to them too little. They talk to them about the wrong they things. They talk about them behind their they, back. They, they spread uh, rumors and lies. Yes. And, or or. What they say to me is not how he treats his ex or how she treats her ex. And I think we have so much judgment around it. And we have, we want to be in charge of it and we want to control it. And we're so in the thick of our spouse's ex drama that it's not helpful, right? You are just adding to it, and that's not being supportive, in my opinion. I think supporting your spouse, you in every situation is different, but you really need to consider, if you're the step-parent, how can I support my spouse in his relationship with his ex? Because they're not, go- like, the ex is the other bio-parent. They're not going anywhere. It might ebb and flow, the relationship, but you're not going to get rid of them. And do you want to make it harder on your spouse or easier? And how can you do that? This is something you can ask your spouse about. But you have to be really open because you may not like the answer because the answer might be different than what you want, but it's not about you, right? When we think of how we can support our spouse, it's about them and what they need. And they should also be thinking about you and what you need as well. But if you don't have an ex, then it's about them. And if you chose to marry someone with an ex, own that you made that choice and don't make it harder on your spouse. Hear me, people. I think this is a really, how would you say, like, what do you have to say about that? Because I'm very (laughs) upset about it. Which parts? All of it. 
No, I think that we need to we need to be very aware of it. You know, we need to be very understanding and um again, be a team. You know, it's it's our it's our part to it's it's our role to support the part of the parent, the co-parent, the spouse. Like we need to step up and be support for our family and but not add to the drama. I guess that's what I'm saying. Like when you're, yeah, like I was saying earlier, when you're like berating you just, your spouse about how they do things and criticizing it and mad about it, or you keep that conversation going when they're mad about their ex, and you keep it going. It's okay to talk a little bit about it, but you also don't want to build a drama factory in your own home, in your own house. You know, like you just dedicate a room to it. Like this is our drama factory. We go in there and we just talk crap about our. We generate ex. drama. Well, I mean, because listen, if you spend enough time doing something like I spend enough time doing business and my work that I dedicate a room to it in our house. Like I have an office in our house. We eat enough at our house that we dedicate a room to it. I mean, you guys might be surprised, but we have this place. It's called a kitchen and we dedicated it all to our food, you know, so I we have cars and we're really into like cars and motor vehicles and all that and we have a room dedicated called our garage and I bet you could guess what other kind of rooms we have in our house because <laughs> we do a lot of things padded rooms with chains I mean people have that because they do that enough so if you <laughs> it's a thing but you see like we sleep so we have a bedroom we shower so we have a bathroom you know like duh like come on so if we have enough drama going on with our exes and and people around us and we spend so much of our day and so much of our time in this drama like let's have a room for drama right do any of us actually have that room it's called the house you know what i mean, it, but, I mean but we but yes. who, but if we spend that much time doing something we usually dedicate a room to it it's just what we do let's stop that because this is not who we want to be this isn't the type of lifestyle that we want we don't want people in our family learning that this is what we do with our free time is is have drama because the kids hear all of this. Yeah. So it's really true. You have a choice to decide how you're going to spend your time with your spouse and if you're going to spend your time with your spouse creating drama over your ex, you're not supporting your family or your marriage or yourself or your spouse. At that point you're just supporting keeping the ex alive and well in your home. So I don't know. You could put a toilet in the conference room. Okay. That's where all the shit goes down. <laughs> so those are some ways that you can support your spouse. If you guys have other ways that you support your spouse that you would find helpful, comment below. Um, really quick before we sign off, I always am trying to answer a listener's question um, to try to keep the conversation going about what you guys have questions about that are going on in your blended families. So we had um, a listener write in, and she's feeling very isolated and alone, and she's a step-parent. She's both, but she's feeling um, isolated and alone in her step-parenting role. And it's basically because her preteen stepchild is acting out, um, refusing. So she's a stay-at-home mom, and she's, I think she said she was homeschooling So for all the kids. So she does all the stay-at-home mom duties for bio and stepkids, 
Yeah. What a role to take on. That's a lot going on. And so her preteen stepdaughter is giving trouble, like refusing to get up when the kids get up, refusing to eat what she's made, like just hard time, you know, pushing back. It's, and it's a hard thing. Um, and so her children are starting to feel a certain way because they have to get up and do these things. Um, and her significant or her spouse just tells her, well, my daughter is 12, <laughs> like blames it on the age. Like just being a kid, she's just 12. And that's what she's met with when she brings concerns up to her spouse about his child and the lack of respect and the, you know, like a going against the grain and not doing what everyone else is expected to do in the house. And so that's all she keeps being met with every time is that, ah, just a kid. She's just 12, like not a big deal, whatever. And so she's feeling very alone and kind of wants thoughts on how she can handle this situation. Do I get to to answer it? This is an easy one. This is such an easy one. By all means. Do I? You need to have consequences. And I just, we've had this talk. Like, you and I have had this talk. It's about having consequences that if this were one of your children, what would the consequences be? If this was one of your biological children, what would the consequence be? Because at the end of the day, this is one of your kids. Like, this is the job you signed up for. This is the role that she is playing. And now I know what your rebuttal to this is going to be. Well, what if the spouse doesn't support this? What if the spouse, what if she doesn't have access to, to punish the way? Well, I mean, to follow through, like, it's no good if you do a lot of punishment, like no computer, but then, you know, dad comes home and computer's on and there's no. Nope. This is where as step parents, if you want there to be a punishment and you want there to be something, you are the one that sees it through. You are the one that has to follow through. And it doesn't matter what bio dad thinks in your own. This so you is have all to find your... a punishment that you can create and maintain by self. So like, and I need, do remember and, this conversation. Yes. So like, you they have to do their own laundry. You're not going to do it for them. You know, you don't necessarily have to go buy their favorite thing at the store. Like maybe they don't get there. You don't respect me. I'm not going to respect the finer things in life. I'm I'm still going to buy food for the family. I'm still going to buy food for the right. house because that's what I do. And that's as parents, like we need to keep you fed and clothed. But doesn't mean I'm going to, I'm going to take the other kids to get all brand new school clothes. Well, you know what? Your school clothes are fitting you right now. I'm probably just not going to take you this month because you don't respect me. I don't respect you. Your clothes fit. Deal with it. Right. You're I'm, not, you're not, um, Yes, I like that you said that because their clothes fit. It's not like you're making them wear things that two are sizes two sizes small. too yeah. small. Yeah. But you're not going to go above and beyond basic needs. And you know what? And then if you have to, and and we're going to just use the clothes things as an example. You have to. Well, you know what? I'm going to take them and buy them those new, my kids. Or, or maybe um, for all of you listeners, maybe it's your kid that's acting out and the stepkids are acting fine. Well, I'm going to take those stepkids to get the shoes that they want, those Air Force Ones that they want, something special that they want, them Yeezys if they're, I mean, I think they're throwbacks now. Um, But we are going to take them and get them what they want. Well, I'm going to take you to Walmart and get you shoes that you want because that's, you know what? Uh, You don't get them the special things that they want. You start, if they are going to disrespect you 
and they aren't going to follow the rules of the house, then when you go grocery shopping, you know, and you get the special treats or the special drinks that everyone wants, you just leave theirs out. Like you're still feeding them. They can drink water. They're eating what everyone else is getting. You just stop doing the special things, but don't stop that and hope that they notice. Stop it and let them know. Like, listen, you, you disrespect me and you don't follow our rules. There's no reward in that. And you need to communicate that with them. We always talk about this communication, but it's the same thing with our children. Um, but when it comes down to step parenting, a lot of us feel like our hands are tied. And I know Julie has felt like her hands are tied. Like, well, if I punish your son, he's not going to, he doesn't care. He just will walk away. He's not going to hear it. He, do, you know, it doesn't matter to him. And my advice to her always is, you know what? Then give him consequences that I can't dictate. I can't be a part of. And that's where that laundry thing came in. You know, she'll she'll do some of his laundry sometimes. She'll go grocery shopping. She'll get him special things that he likes to eat, special drinks. You know, he likes chocolate milk. Stop doing that for him and tell him. It's because of that last conversation that when I went to the store, I didn't get you chocolate milk because of how disrespectful you were to me. And you don't get special things out of that. That is not how a relationship works. We help one another in this family. We help everyone in this family. We are a team. And if you don't want to be part of this team, you're not going to be treated equal with the team. You're going to just get your needs met. And that's going to be that. Yeah. And I think that it's such an empowering feeling because when you are a step parent, and I love like this, Eric's really helped me. This advice has really, really helped me so, so much to feel like I do have power. I do, I do have control. It's, um, well, before I, cause I, before it, and so it's hard to come out something when you feel like it's hopeless. Well, before you were relying on me, you're like, well, if I, like we said a minute ago, Mm -hmm. if I punish him, how is he, how is, how's the follow through going to happen if when you're home, you don't enforce it and you don't make him do this, you know, can I? And my advice to her was, you do what you can do and you... Yeah, so I can't enforce everything, that's the truth, but I do have control over some things that are my duties and responsibilities in the home. And I do think it's an important piece not just to take benefits away, but to, like Eric said, have that conversation and also set up expectation. Because it's also really important, like I've told all of the kids in our home this, bio and step. Like I, I remember when it was be what it, I've told all these kids, I know what it is to be a child in a home. I remember not understanding the rules and a stepchild in a home and a stepchild, but I remember like rules didn't make sense. I thought they were dumb. Like life, it, why isn't everyone fault? Like it's not fair. Like I, I remember being a kid and having all these, so I understand all you children feel this way. I said, but the like it or not. This is my home and this is Eric's home and we are the adults and parental figures and we can make whatever rules we want. And I don't care if you don't agree. Like it doesn't matter if they make sense to you. What does matter is that they're respected. And when you're 18, sayonara, like you can move out and have whatever rules you want. But like it's also an expectation in this home, whether you like it or not, I don't need you to like the rules. I understand you aren't going to like the rules. Nobody really does as kids. But there is this expectation that they're going to be followed. And if you're going to choose not to follow them, then I'm going to choose. Like, there's consequences. So, cool, that I'm not going to do, go out of my way and do extra for you. 
I'm not going to, like, you're just not going to get the benefits of and rewards that you feel entitled to necessarily. And it's, it's, it's taking your bio parent kind of out of the equation. And, and that was really helpful because I had never seen it quite like that before. That was really good. It was really enlightening. So that is great advice. Well, and then the last thing is before we wrap this up completely is as you have taken something away from a kid, um, make them earn it back. Don't just be like, okay, well, I'm not doing this for you anymore. Have that when that in that conversation when you explain to them why. Be like, look, but if over this next week, if you can get up on time for me and you can you can respect me and our and respect our household rules, um, you know, we'll just go back to the chocolate milk thing. I didn't get it for you on this shopping trip because of that. But if you can if you can meet all these needs and expectations over the next week, next time I go to the store, I will get you chocolate milk again. You know, I will get you that back. You can earn that back, but you have to earn it back. Just because I took it away this time doesn't mean that it's gone forever. But if you right. can but if you can follow the rules to next time, and it might have to come and go a few times. You might need to take that chocolate milk well, away a few have, times. Kids have to learn. Kids have to learn consequences. And they have to learn trust. And they have to learn how to do relationships. And so there has to be a correlation between how I'm treating my my step parent and what they do for me. Well, and it's a there has it's to a, be like a you it's know, a, a habit reflection. building. It's a habit building process, also. Right. So it and might have to come and go a few times. You can't be like, I've already told you this before, so it's never happening again. Like, yes, kids it, have to. It, it has yes. to be taught and ingrained into them over and over again. Yeah, so. yeah, and it it does. It's it's a reflection of how you're treated so anyway that's all that Hope is that all. was helpful if not <laughs> Hope you guys like this and if you need more information or information information info- you need more information <laughs> and you want help on all this stuff becoming heard now at gmail.com julie would get you in get you set up and get your life under control so you have it under control so thank you guys for being here with us we are the blended life like subscribe Leave positive comments, please, and we will talk to you next time. Bye, guys. Bye. Hey, it's Julie again. I hope this episode of Blended Life started a conversation that you will finish in your home. But I get it, right? Sometimes you need more. My offer still stands. If I can interest you in a free one-on-one breakthrough session with me to see if coaching is right for you, contact me now at becomingheardnow at gmail.com and let's get you unstuck. Becomingheardnow at gmail.com. I look forward to it.